Welcome to A Matter of Principles, a podcast from the Association of Washington School Principals. My name is Roz Thompson, Director of Government Relations and Advocacy here at AWSP. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Senator Lisa Wellman. She's here in our studio to talk about educating kids for their future. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of AWSP TV. We are so excited to be back in the studio, live and in person with our special guest, Senator Lisa Wellman from the 41st Legislative District. Welcome. Uh, Senator Wellman is uh, the chair of the K-12 Early Learning Senate Education Committee and is on lots of different committees. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> and we'll be talking a lot about the Mastery-Based Learning Committee. Um, but uh, we want to, you know, she and I had a chance to have a conversation a few months ago about educating kids for their future. And we thought, well, why not share some of those ideas with our audience here uh, and all of you? So welcome. Yeah. And we're excited to you know, bring more of our conversation out to other people. Well, it's my passion, and you know how much I love to talk about what I am doing and interested in, and this is something that's just so important to our future for our kids. So I'm glad to have the ability to to reach out and and talk about this. That's so great. And, you know, we were, it's in light of kind of the current situation of, school and where we're at with COVID and and all of the things that people are juggling, it's nice to take a moment, I think, to think about the future and what could be and what, as we come out of this, what should last, what could be some lasting things that we um, can experience. So that's great. Well, let's start with mastery-based learning. What is the background of that um, work group? And then what are really the goals of that work group? Well, why are we talking about mastery-based at all? Mm -hmm. And, And there's really two reasons why we're discussing it. One is that we have a system that was essentially created for an industrial age. Um, And if you look around, we're in a digital world. And so we want to make sure that our kids, each and every one of them, comes out of school with the skills that they need to thrive in this environment. And the other thing I think is, is that mastery is based on looking at each and every child. What are their talents? What are their skills? What are their passions? What do they want to do? And um, and because of that, I think that, well, our hope is that we really will address the 20 to 25, 30% of kids that just are kind of lost in the system. And by focusing on where they're coming from, um, I think we're going to have much better outcomes. And so we're talking about mastery. Some people call it competence. Um, you're going to hear a lot of different terminologies, but it is really looking at the whole child and, and each and every. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I've, I've heard some of those discussions about having uh, experiences be relevant and authentic and really connected to what the kids are passionate about. Yes. And how does that fit into the, the structure that can be really tight in our in our state around credits and pathways and graduation requirements and things like that? So how, you know, how are how are we reimagining or rethinking what it might look like with some of the structures that are in place? I'll just give you a simple answer about um, why did I have to read Silas Marner in English? I loved science fiction. Do you think that I could have learned as much about retaining information about what storytelling was all about by reading something that was was fascinating to me. And then you might know, or I don't know if you know that I was a teacher. That was, mm-hmm. My degree yep. was in uh, teaching, um, a cert- certified K-12. 
and with a specialization in learning disabilities. And so when I was studying to be a teacher, we focused on the modalities, how do children learn, that they're visual, auditory, experiential. And then we put them in a situation where they're mostly auditory. They're just being talked to. And so um, I'm a, an experiential learner and a visual learner. You can talk to me all day, and unless I'm writing it down, it's in one ear and out the other. Yeah. So we want to be able to give kids the opportunity to engage in, um, in something that really excites them but gives them an opportunity to learn it by doing it and then being able to talk about it and show their competency and demonstrate their competency. Of course, it's still understanding, you know, the reading, you know, mathematics, et cetera, science. Those are still in there, but they're baked into the activities. Right, right. Yeah. So it sounds like there's room to really connect to some of the systems we have, a high school beyond plan, the pathways, Obviously, the choice that kids take with classes and credits and things like that, yes. but to make some increased flexibility to yeah. some of those pieces. Um, and I think of, I was a high school teacher for a long time, 18 years, that the transcript is one of the hardest things because that connects to what higher education is needing or wanting from our students. So as an example, what are you talking about related to yes. transcripts? Well, actually, I will tell you that I served for seven years on the board of Cal Poly when I was in California at Apple. And um, the transcript is great, but it is all it tells you is that at a certain time and, and date, a child took some tests and did this on the test. What can they do with that information? Do they still even have the information? Um, it's really not a lot. So we're starting to see the colleges, the universities, the, the community colleges, they are recognizing that a portfolio um, is very, um, not only exciting about learning who the child is, but, but what can that child do? How can that next level of education or even work um, really take that, that young person to the next ste step? So it's we are still kind of doing a dual system as the colleges themselves are now changing to accept it. And I know I was in a discussion uh, with Evergreen, Evergreen State College and um, talking to somebody who went from Evergreen to Amazon. And what she said was both the college and her employer said, oh my goodness, we know who this person is. And we know so much more about how we can guide her and use her talents in our company. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is the direction we're going in. It aligns with where we are economically, um, and so I'm excited about it. That's great. And yeah. I, well, and I know, I, I mean, I think technology can help us with that. It can help to bring so many pieces together in a portfolio to show a more complete picture right. of who a student is. And, who and a you mentioned is. the high school and beyond plan. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a bugaboo with me because I think, first of all, um, in many cases when I talk to parents, they look at me and said, we, what, what is that? They really haven't been involved with it. That's number one. Um, secondly, we're really just looking at you know, middle school to, to the end of high school, and then that's it. That's the plan. But we really need, in, in our economy now, we need to have a plan that really looks at the whole person. And when we're looking at mastery, well, maybe it should matter that you were a Boy Scout and you took a, a troop into you know, the High Sierras which my grandson just okay. did. That's why I'm mentioning it. Or you, you know, kind of you engaged in a community project. Um, and and um, I was thinking of the youngsters in Camas uh, at the start of the, the pandemic. 
they got together, they programmed their 3D printer to make face masks, wow. and they made thousands of face masks for their community. Tell me that's not a civics lesson. That's not understanding, you know, that's the kind of youngster we want right. coming out and, and understanding how they can be part of a community. Oh, yeah. And kids, yeah. I mean, they're much more, they're excited talking about those experiences they've had that are right. that are the real authentic experiences. So, so I want a high school and beyond plan. I'm working with yeah. the, the providers to see if we can grow it mm -hmm. to really start collecting all of those interests. If you watch a video about being an engineer, put that in the plan, you know, in the plan so that you're interested in doing that or you had a particular in, um, experience visiting another country and learning another language, all of that can go into the plan and maybe that plan serves you the rest of your life because employers might want to be able to see all the things that you've accomplished right. and done. Right. So so some of, and I know some of the pieces of all of this um, are, are, are newish to the system and have been evolving and changing. I'm yes. thinking of the pathways in particular and then COVID happened. So our system hasn't quite had time yet to really um, communicate, I think, of the family story that you told and with all of the teachers and staff and people who need, you know, to really embrace this as part of a high school system. It, we still need some time and more resources to make it all happen well. But we're, it's interesting that the work you're doing with mastery-based learning is happening, you know, continuing to push forward, again, yes. the future of what's possible. Well, and look where we are. I, you know, I know, and to, to the principals out there, Thank you for your service. You have had a really hard time, and things that are happening that really are substantial and positive are happening because you're leading the charge in each of your schools. So I do want to say that. Thank you. Um, but I really think that we ought to look, you know, it's been challenging, but there are really some fabulous things that have come out of it that have actually caused us to leapfrog some of the things. Because Mastery Base really requires the community to understand what's going on, which is why I'm speaking to so many parent groups, you know, the PTAs and just going around and, and making sure parents understand. The simple changes that we're doing, we started just by talking about pathways. Well, we've kind of laid out pathways, and I know that some of my fellow senators said, oh, good thing we're done with that. Well, no, every child could have a pathway, and mastery-based, each and every child has a way to the future that they really want for themselves. So we want to enable that and allow some more flexibility in the system and to understand, you know, that that's, that's one of the things that we're, we're pushing right. for. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Good. It's, there's a lot of excitement in that area. And um, I think that we also understand, we better, that education, learning, doesn't just take place in a room with somebody at the front of the, of the room. Um, we've had a lot of young people, you know, on their own, having to start to do, you know, kind of remote learning, um, but exploring with their devices now, mm -hmm. um, exploring the world. And that's great. Yeah. Well, as we talk more, I mean... Again, the meeting we were at this morning together, we're talking more about the connection to community, the libraries, the healthcare yes. systems, all the, you know, these after school groups. Um, what we want to honor is all those experiences that kids have outside the school building as well, and having that, you know, be really meaningful yeah. uh, and, and impactful. You, and, you know, we have already in our state, well, we've had skill centers in our state for, what, 80 years or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but also we have a number of mastery-based schools already. I mentioned in Camas, there's one. Um, there's a big picture schools, right. many of them. I know that there's a school in Olympia. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and I have one, uh, Gibson Eck yes. in, in Issaquah. Mm -hmm. And so 
it really is a community thing. They've really begun, and, and this fabulous one I just heard about in Pasco, they've really begun because they see there's a need. There's a need for a new high school, and this is typically what happens. And they decide this high school will be a mastery-based program. And, um, and oftentimes there's a lottery to get in because there are more, there's more desire than there are seats. Um, but that's how, that's how it starts. And what we're doing with this work group is to actually explore, do a lot of outreach, get a lot of people at the table, okay. students, teachers, principals, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, people from labor, mm-hmm. from all, all forms of industry, talking about how are we going to, to move it forward. And we really need everybody on board deciding. So it will be a slow process, mm-hmm. but I'm excited about what we have to offer. Good. Well, yeah. I was going to ask you then, how, how best could principals get involved in sharing some of their ideas? Because some of them are, you know, they are working on these new schools, visionary, different schedules and things like that. Absolutely. Some are in some pretty traditional systems, yes. but see, you know, see some ways that they want to change. So what might, what might be the best way well, for them to... Well, some, some, and I'm hoping that I can help them, obviously, uh, by talking a lot about it, going, you know, out into the communities. I, I think principles, it's, it's really a question of sharing the information. One of the things I want people to understand is that the reason we're all doing what we do is for our kids' futures. And um, I want each, every parent to understand that what we're creating is so that your child will have a way to thrive, you know, going forward. And um, I, I think that, that that connection, where which principals have with their communities is really, really important. And calling us, yeah. you know, give me a call. I will come anywhere to talk about this. And she's um, not joking. We'll, we can set up Zooms anytime and, and have a bunch of principals Zoom in. So, But, I, but, uh, but we need the, yeah. the community on board. And yeah. so I think what, what I do try to share is um, technology is so embedded in everything that's out there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I have done a lot of economic development in rural Washington, and so I've been out in a lot of farms and a lot of places in the Palouse and beyond. And what we see now is where there used to be 40 people on the farm, there is now a self-driving autonomous vehicle that's testing the soil, that's looking for aeration, that's looking for the various things, is guided by a GPS system. Um, there's so much technical information there. Auto mechanics, there are 50 to 1,500 to 1,500 chips in a car. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, tune the engine, change the, the oil or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good at no. that, anyhow. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it is a complex vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, this, and, and now Washington State, which is really exciting, is becoming not only aerospace, which, of course, mm-hmm. we've, we've had aviation, but aerospace where we have rocketry, and we have um, satellite production. So there's, and there's so many jobs available out there. I want them to be for Washington kids. Yeah. Well, so this yeah. leads to your other, another passion of yours, which is STEM and computer science. Yes. You want computer science for all kids in their future. Yes. So talk more about that. What is well, that? Well, and, and you know, the bill that we had this last mm-hmm. year, which said in, that for some kids, instead of a second year, uh, the third year of math, the second year of algebra, right. and or science, that they could choose an elective with um, computer science. Because I kind of think it should be reading, writing, coding. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're using computers. I don't have my cell phone with me. 
believe it or not. <laughs> Usually I have it right by my side. But on that little device, I, I started off after I left teaching and went into high tech, I started off on mainframes. I have more computing power in this device and you and, mm -hmm. and everybody else who has you know, their cell phone um, than I did on a mainframe computer. Um, so the kids, and now the kids are going to have the devices. I want them to understand how computers work, how they're embedded in everything. It's not just this, this box that sits on somebody's desk. Right. Um, and I think that um, it will enable them to feel more comfortable. Digital, you know, digital literacy, we've been talking about, it, and digital citizenship. Mm -hmm. I, I, when I headed the creative markets at Apple, that included publishing. So it was all the newspaper industry. Well, how yeah. many newspapers do we have anymore? Right. People get their news online by social media. It's important that they know where it's coming from and what they're, what they're learning about and how relevant it is, but how real it is. Right. So, yeah, discerning, um, discerning good information good from information, bad information. Absolutely. Yeah, that your librarians Critical will be thinking. happy about that. Yeah. Yes, there we go. And our, our, I, don't, I don't want to leave out our librarians in mm -hmm. our schools mm -hmm. are doing an amazing job as being actually a point person in terms of the digital literacy. Right. They're really um, very important right. to our school systems. Well, tremendous amount of work um, with the broadband initiatives and, and getting devices in the hands <laughs> of kids. So that goes hand in hand with knowing about them and how to code, but also discerning good information. Yeah. All of that goes together yeah. with the and, broadband, which isn't done, but we're, you know, there's momentum. And I'm sure that um, a few years ago, I think principals never thought that they would be so involved with technology and, 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 teachers, and teachers as well. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, really, they have come on board as, um, as well. We were able to get uh, quite a bit of broadband out. We've invested almost a half a billion dollars of the state's money. There's federal money coming in. I want every single home that has a kid in it to have the kind of system, the, the quality system, that they can actually get their work and have access to whatever they need wherever they want to go, right. because the world's out there. Yeah. Right or three or devices. four kids, so that they have enough bandwidth. Every child. Every ch well, well, I'm just thinking of homes absolutely. with... Absolutely. <laughs> so <we ch> Washington <laughs> is one of the yeah. top states in the country. If, if you're out there and you don't have a lot of, of bandwidth, understand that we're better here than almost any other wow. place. We really are, are quite good, but we, we've got to get it. We've got to finish the job, the last 20%. It's expensive. It's mm -hmm. billions of dollars, mm -hmm. but I'm going after it. Well, this so this is great. Lots of things connected to the future of education. Um, what should students and their families really know about this, and how can their voices be part of this conversation? Because we have the Association of Washington Student Leaders is our other association that's part of our family of organizations here, and we love to involve student voice. Um, so I'm wondering how kids get involved in talking about mastery-based learning and their, their high school beyond plan and what that might look like and computer science and all of that. Well, I'm really pleased that um, more recently, um, I, certainly in the last couple of years, we have had student voices on every one of those committees that I, work groups that I sit on. And oh my goodness, these young people are so articulate. Um, I do not, do not count them down or out or anything. They are amazing. And they have quite a bit to say. Um, and there, listen to them, bring groups together and talk about, you know, how education is evolving, how their future is. Um, I, I've had a wonderful opportunity, um, having gotten involved not with mastery-based and work-integrated learning and Career Connect Washington and, you know, kind of this, this entire scope of 
hands-on experience visiting Henrietta Lacks oh. schools down in Lacks School down in um, Vancouver and seeing kids who want careers in the medical sciences or the the uh, health sciences um, where they're actually getting that experience um, and in in many other places around the state we're working that and I think that that's really um, been part of the revolution mm -hmm. part of the forward thinking that that's going on um, so I think I think that uh, it, get together young people and actually have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a team of people, student leaders, who want to really talk about what does it mean to them, what would they like to see? Because I'd be very interested in hearing, yeah. um, you know, that as well. And and the group, the purpose of the group actually is not just to look at legislation, but also do a lot of outreach. So we will be having um, open meetings, probably virtual, unfortunately, okay. but but. We can get a lot of people, actually, who might not have been able to come to a meeting um, yep. because we're doing it virtually and to get that input. So we're doing these groups around the state. Um, and I've already sent the message out to, you know, to various um, of my uh, committee members, etc. Yeah, well, we have a couple join. groups just like that, so I'll invite you to some of the kid zooms. They're uh, oh, in the. I think please. they're. I want to say they're Tuesday evenings, but I'll get you the info, and they would be honored and thrilled to have you come into their space. But I know from your perspective, it's what they have to share with you is is so valuable. And, oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 That would be great. Good. Yeah. Were you able to have? I know you did a tour of the ESDs in the last month or so. Were you did were you able to have community group meetings? No, then, it, it didn't. That will be... it, I was going to speak in the evening, so yeah. I was going to do the the, uh, the ESD and the superintendents during the day, mm -hmm. and then in the evening work with uh, have a yeah. thing with parents, mm -hmm. and it just didn't work out. Yeah. There's too much going on out there, and it was it had it was just too challenging. Yeah. Um, so I will be doing them virtually, okay. and I will also be doing videos like this. Great. Great. More of them. Yeah. Good. I, and I think, again, there, that's a silver lining. Technology can help us communicate better. So we've learned that, that things can still keep it moving throughout this crisis. Yeah. It was wonderful, this session, actually, which turned out to be a really solid session from my perspective mm -hmm. in terms of what we got done. But I also love the fact that people didn't have to spend a lot of money to come to Olympia to be heard. And they didn't have to, and for many people who were disabled or whatever, um, they never were able to do it. We heard from so many people. It was many, many more. Yeah. yeah. Than, you, than you had and in the past. Great. Good. Well, yeah. what, that leads us into maybe a question about 2022. What are, it's going to be a short session, yes. maybe virtual again, we don't know, or hybrid-ish, maybe continuing, maybe committee hearings where we have people who are able to Zoom in, which I know the Senate was doing that. Yes. Um, so what, what's on the horizon or what are some things that may happen in education? Well, I know what um, what the burden has been for our school leaders, the superintendents, principals, teachers. Um, it has just been so challenging. And what I have promised is I'm going to try very hard not to add more. <laughs> I'm going to try very hard to be looking, first of all, at where the needs are. That's what this tour has been about, is to find out how the ESSER funds were spent. I, I think... I had hoped that we would be beyond COVID at this point, but I don't see any, you know, end in sight. And so we're going to be in this space for a while. ESSER funds are going to run out. We need those supports that that were provided by the funding, and I think we're going to have to sit down um, and talk about funding going forward. 
how we're going to keep this going. Right. Um, and try to tweak, make it better, mm -hmm. but not a whole lot of mm -hmm. new stuff. So I would refer to that as pause on policy. So we're just going to okay. pause on the policy. Because right. that would be, we'd be okay with that. Because okay. a lot has happened in the last 10 years, yes. right? With testing and standards and oh. graduation. And so just a pause on policy. Yeah. We'd be yeah. good with that. Okay. <laughs> that would be great. I've heard. <laughs> You said that. I liked how you phrased it today earlier. We were talking about the ESSER funds and the tremendous opportunity they provide. And yes. there are some very creative ways that districts yes. have planned for learning recovery and, and mental health support and things like that. But you had such a lovely phrase um, around, you know, this opportunity to have this, you know, massive investment into really what we envision schools Absolutely. becoming. Well, I was talking about community schools because mm -hmm. our schools are the heart of the community. Mm -hmm. um, everything, education, health, everything impacts schools. We're aware of everything. And we heard so many creative programs mm -hmm. and solutions that I want to gather them together. And, and that will be, hopefully, a way forward for us to build into some of the future thinking that we're doing. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm so glad you were here. Anything else? Thank you. What did we did we miss anything you want to leave us with at the I'm end? To Are see. we Was there, well any any last final thoughts? Um, I would just I would say that our kids are amazing, mm -hmm. and they are they are they're they're actually doing so much more than I could ever have hoped that they would be doing, given all the challenges. They're they're embracing technology that they didn't have before. They're embracing the challenges. They're actually exhibiting some of the things that we want. They're being collaborative. They're communicating with one another. They're demonstrating critical thinking. Um, all those kinds of things that we're looking for, um, we're seeing a lot of that from, from our kids today. So They're, um, they're resilient. They, they are, are resilient. Yeah. Grit is not a bad thing. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. Okay, last question we always end with. Do you have any great stories or can you share with us who was your favorite principal? Oh. I put you on the spot. I, did, I didn't even tell you that was going to happen. But. You know, I don't think that I ever had, well, Loretta Coombs was the principal of my high school. Okay. And that was in New Rochelle, New York. Um, I would have to say we had an amazing education. Uh, I, when I look around and I see, you know, how I came out of school, um, I was, wow, that was really, I think, solid. Uh, but I also, she was not present. I mean, it was not somebody that I saw, but we're talking about, <laughs> I just had my 60th reunion. So come on, uh, you know, school was very different place, you know. That is true. Very um, different. Certainly I went home. If I ever came back and said, my teacher was upset with me, it would have been, oh my God. So you didn't visit her office frequently. Oh, you were, God, you were no. not one of those. No. Okay. no Which is fine. That's no. just everyone she has was their own just path. A figurehead <laughs> that you saw. I, I had no idea what her job uh, was. Well, I'm glad you had a woman as a as a high school principal. That's that says something right there. So good. But I had a lot of yeah, no, I had I had some amazing teachers that um, right. really put up with me. <laughs> Because I like, I really like to get into it mm -hmm. and and to dig and and question. Mm -hmm. I was one of those Fantastic. kids. Fantastic. So yeah. I bet you remember the relationships or how they made you feel or how they honored that conversation Absolutely. or that. Oh. You know, you know when it went well and you know when it didn't go well. That's that's what we're after here. Is those yes. connections with kids and yeah. and how people feel as part of the school community. So. Yeah. 
Well, I feel great that you were here. Thank you so much Thanks, for taking time to be yeah. here. Yeah. No, I appreciate all that you do. And, and um, we get together so frequently yep. and it really gives me a sense yep. of some things that I be, I need to hear great. about what's going great. on. Well, so I will ex- keep you. extending the invitations to connect out there with our members and our kids. And thank you all so much for tuning in and we will do more later. Thanks for listening. To catch all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch AWSB TV and our other great video content. If you have ideas for guests or topics you'd like to hear about, shoot me an email at david at awsp.org. We'll do our best to make it happen. On behalf for all of us at AWSP, we hope you tune in again.